Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast. It's Anita Rani. Now, some of you may know that I did a dance program called Strictly a couple of years ago, and in many ways, it changed my life. Now, I have always been obsessed with dance. I've never done a day's dance class in my life. My mother denied me. I never had a tutu or a leotard. But I was always in front of the telly, dancing to Betty Boo or Madonna. And to this day, I stand in front of my mirror with a hairbrush pretending to be Beyonce and Missy Elliott. Now, I love ballet. I love all forms of dance. I am in awe of ballerinas. I think the control that they have over their body, the way they use their body as a machine in such an elegant, magnificent way is mind-blowing. But I have no experience of that world, right? So an amazing thing happened to me after Strictly. I was at an event watching a show and the chief executive of Northern Ballet, which is an incredible company based in Leeds, approached me and asked me if I wanted to be on their board of directors because I am from Bradford, which is right next to Leeds, so I'm from West Yorkshire. But also he said that watching me on that programme just shows how somebody who's never danced before can promote dance in such a wonderfully natural, organic way. So I high-fived him, fist-bumped him and basically now find myself in the world of ballet. So I am in awe of ballerinas and if you are, then you'll be really interested in this next podcast because I go and speak to one of their prima ballerinas, the incredible Drida Blow. So I catch up with Drida in the ballerina's dressing room and get an insight into what it takes to become a wonderful dancer. Hello, ain't no stopping me. Copy written, so don't copy me. Y'all do it, sloppily. Hello, Trudy. Lovely you? to see you. Good How to are see you? you again. <laughs> oh, before we go and have this chat, can I see your dressing room? Can yeah. we walk in? Oh, I'm recording right now, by the way. This is happening. Oh, okay. Right, so we've walked into. Now, tell me what this. Where are we? This is a very magical room. So, this is our dressing room. We're five girls that share it uh, in this theater, anyway. Um, we each have our own mirror. We each have sort of an area where we put our skips which are these big black boxes that come on tour with us full of all of our personal stuff dance wear mostly and leg warmers leg warmers but people have everything in there from kettles to blenders to I even knew someone that toured with a little mini refrigerator yeah I, d I don't even know what I mean but why would you have a blender though I'm still fi fixing for on. smoothies oh of course <laughs> of course <laughs> And, yeah, all sorts of things. Well, you've missed out the thing that stuck, struck me straight away, and any non-ballerina who wants to be a ballerina would see the, the shoes. Yeah, there are point shoes everywhere point. because we often kind of leave them out to harden up, to sort of dry out, and sometimes across, along the heaters or by a window or something. So, yeah, point shoes everywhere. Wonderful. Well, it's a real privilege and, uh, to get to see this. They've all got lovely mirrors, makeup bags everywhere, lots of, uh, lots of hair clips and hair grips to keep your hair in place all the essentials not so much hairspray though do you not need uh, hairsprays up there oh. you know, about, with yeah. um, some curling tongs and makeup remover and um, all sorts of things yeah it's very lovely it's very girly right where should we go a bar we go a to bar a bar? Uh, to a bar let's go to a bar let's go a to bar? after you and after you lead the way Trida looks very comfortable with socks and leggings and we're walking past the back of the theatre. The rest of the company are practising. Are they rehearsing? Uh, yes, for Jane Eyre. Ah, oh, I see. The next production. I cannot wait to see Jane Eyre. Yeah, it's 
Are you going to be in Jane Eyre? Yes, I am playing Jane. <gasps> yeah. Trader, you're getting to play Jane. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, I um, was lucky enough to play her when the ballet was first created. Um, oh, two years ago now. We're actually currently walking around now, walking around the theatre, try and find somewhere to sit down. Yeah. So we're just chatting whilst we walk. <laughs> we found a bar. Oh, we found a bar. Do you? No. So I'm super excited that you're playing Jane. I mean, you've played Jane Eyre before. Yes. So what's it like when they bring something back? Um, it's quite exciting, actually, because often when a ballet has been left for a little while, um, it's almost like it keeps cooking without you being conscious of it. So when you come back to a role, often you find uh, new depths and a, a different sort of richness in the character or in the movement because you've had time away from it and you yeah. come back to it fresh. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to make a request because it's really noisy in here. Lauren's already on yeah, it. Can we just step out? Do you mind if you don't mind? Do you mind if we just stand out there? It was really nice and quiet. Look, that's me being technical. Even though we have lovely seats in here. Yeah, it's much quieter out here. The sound is much deader out here, which is yeah. nice. It's There's a bit chilly. This corner. I mean, we could have even sat in your dressing room, really. Yeah. Uh, We're just walking around. That's locked. Should we, should we go to your company office where we yeah, left or the your bag. or your dressing room if there's yeah. no one in there? Well, whatever's easy. No Thank you. Okay, so we've relocated because the room that we were in had a terrible air conditioner and now um, I've demanded that we come back to the dressing room. It feels appropriate to be in here. Yeah, we're, you know, I'm very at home here. Yes. <laughs> um, a lovely little sink with hand wash and cath kits and hand wash and hand cream, just noticing everything. Um, so, yes, Jane Eyre, you're getting to play Jane Eyre. We've already played her before. Um, and can I just say, I saw you dance last night in Little Mermaid and you were absolutely magnificent just beautiful what's it like to be in Little Mermaid I mean it's such a successful production for Northern Ballet yeah yeah the, the show's done really well um, it's sold well people have really enjoyed it it's it's a beautiful show it's nice being part of uh, sort of Christmas it's not really Christmassy but a family production um, but actually I'm lucky enough to play both the the human love interest to the prince uh, the princess Dana is her name um, but I also play The Little Mermaid, so I get to play both roles. Oh. Yeah. Both very different styles of dancing as well, because The Little Mermaid has got this... I mean, she just moves like a fish. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Very different, very different physicality, but also completely different personalities. Um, Princess Dana is quite kind of fun and a little bit cheeky and lovely, and the prince falls in love with her instantly. Yeah. <laughs> but The Mermaid is actually quite a, a lonely role, because... Uh, it's not um, like Ariel from the Disney version. It's it's a it's a sad ending. It's a sad story, um, and yeah, she doesn't she doesn't get the man in in the end, and she sacrifices everything for him. So there are a lot of quite painful solos that you would have seen last night. Um, so it's a completely different role. Um, you can really lose yourself in it. Um, as I did, like you say, it's not it's not the Disney version; it's the Hans Christian mm -hmm. Andersen version, exactly. and that has a very sad ending. Mm -hmm. And it and it is really moving, because it is about the ultimate sacrifice. Exactly. Because he doesn't fall for her; he falls for your character. You get mm. the prince. You get the prince. The fishy one doesn't. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, 
it is really worth seeing if if you get an opportunity go and see little mermaid it's uh, there were there were lots of people crying around me at the end it's really really moving um now trudy you don't have i mean we are sitting in in yorkshire we're in leeds which is the home of northern ballet we're at the beautiful magnificent leeds grand which is where you're performing at the moment but you don't have a yorkshire accent so tell me where you're from I'm from Toronto in Canada originally, but I have lived here 11 years. I, I think I've picked up a few sort of slight, well, maybe English expressions or a few things. Maybe I sound very Canadian to to English people, but when I go home, people say, you're not Canadian anymore. So I, I don't fit in anywhere. And what, what Yorkshireisms have you picked up? Um, oh, I don't know if they're Yorkshireisms, but I'll say things like, the boot instead of the trunk yeah, yeah. and I'll say things like I'm I'm a bit skint at the moment and you know you wouldn't say that in Canada um that's good you pick just you know you yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. fine you're just speaking English yeah. you're speaking the language here yeah. it's local language <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah 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 good um so I want to know about about what people would want to know which is you for many young girls and many old women girls and boys lots of people you have one of the most magnificent glamorous beautiful jobs on earth you are a professional ballet dancer so when did you first start dancing well I actually started when I was very very little like three years old doing sort of more creative movement than ballet when you're that little um but it wasn't I started taking it more seriously when I was about six years old and I was going to the National Ballet School in Toronto uh, every week after school and then when I was 10 I got accepted into the full-time program and then that was you know the real turning point because um, I was with other ballet students doing my academics as well with all of them and then having our dance classes integrated into the into the day so and we were only about 20 in a class so it was much more concentrated and and uh serious yeah. wow that is serious for yeah i thought you were going to say you know by the time you were 18 it became serious but yeah. 10 years old for your life to become already about ballets yeah. that's a big decision to make at 10 i know i know sometimes i think about that i'm like wow i chose my profession when i was a little kid did you choose it or was it people around you encouraging you because I mean, obviously you were gifted enough to be able to get in and people you know and be able to get to that yeah. to that school but but i mean how did it work um i don't I don't, it's, it's, it's hard to say really. My, my parents are both quite creative and um, my father's a filmmaker and I, from a very young age, took an interest in Hollywood musicals and my dad was so generous. He'd always, he'd go across Toronto on the, on the, the streetcar to get all of these obscure Judy Garland musicals that you could only rent from this one shop. And I just devoured everything. Gene Kelly, Sid Therese, Fred Astaire. And I just loved dance and I loved these, the, always these stories about putting on shows and, and from before I could even speak, I was I would dance whenever music was on. So I, I guess it was natural to me, and and uh, my my parents sort of noticed that in me very young and thought maybe she wants to get into dancing. And then of course we're supportive and encouraging, but I didn't come from a, a family of dancers or anything. Um, yeah, I just got addicted. <laughs> Good for you, and it's brilliant that you had supportive and encouraging parents like that. I love that your dad would drive across town to get yeah. obscure Julian Garden <laughs> videos, VHSs. That's exactly. cool. That's super cool. Um, so when you when you joined this school at the age of ten, how hard was it? Just how much ballet were you doing, and was it was it highly pressurized? Yeah, it it was actually. It was quite a rigorous audition process to get accepted into the full time program. It was a whole month of month long summer school where they would observe you, and it was like a whole month of auditioning, really. And so when I was lucky lucky enough to get accepted, it was it, it was a big deal because everyone in my class was very talented, and um, 
I wouldn't say it was, I mean, in a way it is competitive as well, especially as we maybe got a little bit older and we were involved in the big school productions, which were actually quite professional for a school. Um, but we, we would dance, we would have two hour long ballet classes every day, which seems very long to me now because we never have class for that long anymore. Um, and then on top of that, a couple of hours of maybe uh, contemporary or, or rehearsals or point work or pas de deux or um, other styles of dance. Um, so it was, a, it was physically difficult. And then on top of that, we had all of our homework because it was very important that they didn't let our um, academic side slip. So um, yeah, it was, it was a lot to juggle. Can you see my eyes getting a bit misty? Because in another life, I'm a dancer. You know that, right? Because in my head somewhere, I'm a dancer. I just absolutely think, uh, I mean, you know, there's so many different wonderful art forms, but for me, dance is the absolute ultimate in creativity, just to be able to express your body in such a way and make people feel something when they watch you. And I watched you last night and it's amazing. And I suppose that's also to do with what Northern Ballet do, which is you tell stories. You don't just dance. You are, mm -hmm. uh, you are, you tell a narrative. It's a narrative form of dancing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was something that attracted to me, attracted me to Northern Ballet from the beginning. Um, because I actually, when I, when I finished school in Toronto, I moved to Holland and I, my first job was actually with Dutch National Ballet in Amsterdam, which is a very big company. Um, they do all the big classics. So I had my opportunity to be a, a corps de ballet girl of 32 swans or 32 sylphs, which I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity, but I knew that that wasn't really my thing. I wanted to be a character. I wanted to be part of a a rich narrative production that really transported people somewhere. And not that those old classics don't, but I was interested, you know, I, I was like, oh, Northern Ballet, they're doing Dracula, they're doing Three Musketeers, they're doing La Traviata. What interesting stories to turn into dance, you know? I was like, okay, Swan Lake, okay, Nutcracker, but I want to, I don't know, I'm interested in that. How, how, do you, how do you tell those stories through movement? And um, when, I, when I managed to get the job here, I was just so happy, and I immediately felt like this was my home, and this was the place where I was going to be able to, to become the best dancer I could be. And how did you get the job? Was it an auditioning process? Did you email them? To, Can I come? How does it work? <laughs> I applied to audition and was accepted and uh, flew across to England. Uh, the audition was actually held in London. It was a, a whole day of, you know, first was just the training, the class, and then there was a pas de section and then also solos and bits of repertoire from the company. So it was nice because I got quite a good idea of, of what the company did and um, if, it was funny. I thought David might remember because David Nixon, our director of Northern Ballet, is Canadian. He actually went to National Ballet School in Toronto, too. And so I thought, oh, he might, you know, recognize, oh, there's another dancer from my school. But because I'd come from Dutch National Ballet, he actually thought I was Dutch in the beginning. And I was like, no, no, I'm Canadian, just like you. How, fun. How old were you when you went to Holland? 17. Oh, that's so young. Yeah. So I did two more years of training in a conservatory in The Hague before I got my... Um, first job in Amsterdam. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
when I was 19 and then I was about 21 when I came over to the UK. So were you prepared? Because when you, presumably at the age of 10, when you decide that you want to make ballet your life, did you realise or did your parents realise that it would be a life of living internationally? Um, I, I, maybe not when I was that young, but as I, you know, in my teens, <laughs> I, of course, I, I love Canada. Now I absolutely love Canada. But at the time I felt, oh, I have itchy feet. I want to go to Europe. It's so glamorous. It's this history. This is, you know. And now I really appreciate what I have back home. Of course, I, I you know. We all love Canada. Yeah. We all, we right Canada, now, the world right? loves Canada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And, um, but I did, that's one of the perks of, of being a dancer, actually, is that you can do it anywhere. You don't need to speak the language to be able to do your job well. And the language of dance is international. We use the same terms. And often companies, because there's such a mixed pot of cultures and different languages that the default is English anyway. So as an English-speaking dancer, it was so easy. You could actually go anywhere. And you're very lucky because you're in Leeds. And I am very biased, obviously, because I'm from Bradford, but I went to Leeds Uni, so I was here for a long time. And now I'm actively involved with Northern, so I'm, it's such a huge opportunity for me. Um, but what's it like moving a, to live in a, in a city like Leeds, which is a northern English Yorkshire town, well, city, um, and also being in a company because you, I mean, this is you, you're living a life in each other's pockets, um, and that's a whole nother world as well for people to try and get their heads around. I mean, this is the Northern Ballet is your life, yeah, it really is. I mean, um, Northern Ballet in particular does an awful lot of touring around the UK. Um, but lucky for me, uh, my father is actually English. He's from Lincoln. So uh, when my grandparents were still alive, we spent almost every summer as kids in England. So it's it had this sort of nostalgic feeling for me. I remembered like big fat pound coins in my hand as a kid and, you know, the, the British chocolate and the cakes and, and the old cobblestone roads. And I just, I, I had always loved England. I really have. Um, and so coming coming over here was was also kind of a life dream, and and to be able to tour the country, we toured to some really beautiful beautiful cities, and so yeah, I I do feel quite at home here actually. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. I think that's half the battle, isn't it? Because if you didn't, it'd be terrible. Um, and what's it like being in a company, like working in each other's pockets, day in day out, seeing the same faces? Do you become like a family? You really do become like a family, and I don't mean that to sound like, oh, it's all so magical. I mean, you don't choose your family. You're stuck with each other. Of course, we don't all get along all the time. Um, there's definitely, you know, dramas and gossip and arguments. Um, and it's because we work so closely together, too. Physically, we're in each other's physical space all of the time. And sometimes I get home and I'm just like, oh, you know, I've been partnered by the men, squished in a dressing room like sardines with the other women. And I just want to, oh, some breathing space. But at the same time, we have so much fun. We really do. I've got so many amazing memories from from my time, you know, touring and rehearsing, everything we, we do. I think dancers tend to be... Um, quite wild personalities and and uh you know those sort of performance personalities and we love to have fun and make jokes and yeah is it very competitive it is it is actually because dancers are inherently ambitious you don't meet that many dancers that um don't really want to to get parts to get to get roles and so of course there are only a few casts and there are only a few roles in each ballet um so, 
we all want the same thing. So it can feel a little competitive sometimes. But at the same time, we're also really supportive of each other. There's a really nice feeling, especially in this company. I've noticed it even in Amsterdam in the bigger company. There was a maybe it was just me being younger, but I did feel that people were a little bit more kind of you know, looking at each other and sort of trying to see each other's flaws. Yeah. And like, oh, she's put weight on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or her technique's not good enough for that role. Or, look, did you see her struggle with that pirouette kind of thing? Um, just like you imagine from the movies. Yeah, I mean, exactly that. I mean, my yeah. ref most of our references, well, the most recent one is, is Black Swan, right? Everybody kind of knows oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it is exaggerated, that film, but it's seated in truth. Even the mother, I mean, he's controlling. It, it, it really does hit home when I watched the film I was like wow it's not that far off um but luckily Northern Ballet tends to be much more supportive it's not really tolerated to you know criticize each other generally you do feel um people really want each other to do well and we're really proud of each other we're proud of what we put on stage and it, and it is a it's a team effort it doesn't matter whether you're the little mermaid or one of the water people you all are on stage together and you all have to work together to create the performance and make it as good as it can be yeah i get that impression having spent the little time that i have done now that i'm in your world and i'm so lucky that i've been asked to be become part of in my own little way northern um it really does feel like a family i think it's it's stems from that beautiful building that you've got as well lucky you that you all get mm -hmm. to work in that phenomenal building specially designed for you all and that everybody knows everybody and you are kind of you train together don't you every single day mm -hmm. like to explain your schedule to those of a, those people who think that <laughs> being part of a, a ballet company means just rehearsing for when you have a production it's much more than that isn't it yeah, so um, we kind of divide the year into two seasons, the, the spring season, spring-summer season, and the autumn-winter season, which we're in now. And we'll have periods of rehearsals when we're based at Quarry Hill in Leeds in our beautiful building, um, either creating new work or reviving old work or rehearsing whatever the next thing is. Um, and then we have periods on tour, which sometimes have weeks back at base in the middle, which is great because we can work on the next thing or or get another cast on of the ballet we're already doing. That happens a lot. So almost always um, sort of July, August, beginning of September is a, a rehearsal period. And January, February is always a rehearsal period, usually. Um, and then on a rehearsal day, we always start at 10, and we have training from 10 to 11.15. And then we'll have three hours of rehearsals, and then an hour lunch, and then three hours of rehearsals and finish at 6.30. Whereas when we're on tour, it's a little different. We'll start later in the day because we end later at the end of performances. We always, we almost always do seven shows in each venue. So a double show day on Thursday and a double show day on Saturday. And then often we have, we have to do a technical rehearsal on the Tuesday to make sure we adapt to the space and, you know, everything in that particular theater. And the Wednesday and Friday afternoon, there's a little bit of time before that evening show in the afternoon to rehearse the next thing. It's so, it's full so, on. That's full it, on. It and is. strenuous because this is extreme physical work that you're doing. It is, it is hard. And you sometimes feel you, you do have quite a lot on your plate, um, especially depending on the season, how many different productions we're doing. Because um, often maybe you'll do a week of Romeo and Juliet in one venue, then you go to the next city and you do a week of um, Midsummer Night's Dream and then you're back with Romeo and Juliet for two more weeks and then you do another Midsummer Night's Dream and so you chop and change a lot. Meanwhile, during the day, you'll be rehearsing Nutcracker for Christmas. So you can sometimes have three or four, even five ballets that you have to have in your head that you're kind of working on at the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and you obviously have to like keep supple every single day and warm your bodies up. I mean, just how strict is all of that? I mean, there's no way you could just go out there and dance, right? Oh, no. I mean, training is uh, the class that we have every day is an important part of, you know, keeping your body trained. But we all do additional stuff and everybody's different and everybody needs different things. I mean, uh, the younger girls, in, you know, 18, 19 might not need to maintain their bodies in the same way I do Lucky, now. those lucky bitches. Yes, exactly. They <laughs> might not need to warm up. They're really, you know, You're supple. Right. How old are you now? I'm turning 32 this month. You're a so baby. Yeah, well, for a dancer, that is, you know, you, you do feel it. You, don't you look 18, sick. by the way. You look oh, phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I still get ID'd buying wine. Good. So that's good. <laughs> you don't drink wine, do you? When do you guys oh, drink wine? Uh, of course you do. You're dancers. <laughs> I drink a lot of wine. <laughs> Yes, you know, we, we have to have a work-life balance, of don't course, we? <laughs> of course, But I do, I honestly do find I need to do a lot more, we call it body maintenance, but whatever, stretching, rolling out. I have these little hard rubber balls that you can buy at Poundland that we roll out on and you just find a really sore spot and just kind of lie on it because you just need to release the, the tension. I mean, it is your, it's your instrument. You need to keep it in its yeah. best possible shape, otherwise you won't be able to do what you do. Um, Really simple question, and you might think it's a ridiculous question, but when we watch all of you perform, you just look so divine and wonderful, and you make it look effortless, and that is your skill, that you make this stuff that's so complicated look so easy. Are you, do you suffer on stage? Are you having to sort of grin through the pain? Is it difficult? Or at that point, is it, now that, you know, now that you're about to do Jane, is it easy for you? Um, I... We don't suffer. I think, I mean, I have performed in pain, uh, and we all have, but that's generally when you're dealing with a specific injury or, I mean, you might have a terrible blister or corn in your point shoe, and then you're just, every time you go on point in that on that foot, you're just like, oh. But um, hopefully most dancers aren't in physical pain when they're actually performing. Um, but it, it's, it's still really hard work. Um, there's also, even though we perform... Uh, these sort of narrative, narrative ballets, we're still using classical or, or sort of neoclassical vocabulary to tell that story. So there is an element of, of technical execution, and that is hard. You have to be very coordinated and and um, uh, aware of exact, the exact placement of your body to be able to execute more, more sort of technical um, steps. So it's I would say it's more concentration, actually. Yeah, yeah, because they are very complicated routines that you have. Last night I was watching, and it's it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Have you ever lost a toe, toenail, not a toe? Then well, you won't be able to dance if you'd lost a toe. Yeah, I ha a half of a toenail. Oh, yeah, gross, yeah. gross. Sorry, but no, it's yeah. fine. No, I asked yeah. you the question. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. I sort of want to know. The grosser, the better, really. Yeah. Do you have like weird kind of toenail offs, injury uh, offs? Oh, we have ev everything. I mean, I've seen the most horrifying bunions and black toenails and corns, really deep infections. I mean, it's, yeah, it can get pretty grisly in those yeah. shoes. They look very beautiful, but you don't want to know what's inside. Yeah, these girls are absolutely gorgeous until you get to their feet, and yeah. then it's a whole other world of grossness. Um, now, you say you're 32, which is obviously very young, but in the dance world, like you say, you've got kind of young 18, 19-year-olds coming through. So kind of what's next for you? I mean, you're, you're at the height of of your dance career at the moment. So what have done? What I mean, you've you've known what you've what you've wanted to do since the age of ten. 
10. So what what happens next? Well, I'm actually moving back to Canada in June at the end of the Jane Eyre tour. You've just broken yeah, my heart. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well... One part of my life I haven't mentioned yet, my husband, Bruno, he's a beautiful musician. He's from New Zealand, and I met him in Holland. Um, he was living there. Both his parents are Dutch originally, so um, he was living there at the time, and he moved to Leeds with me. So we've been together uh, almost 12 years now, um, and he's very super, super, super supportive of what I do, um, but touring without him has is all has always been difficult and I've hit a point in my life where I have achieved so much with my dancing and I'm so satisfied and so um grateful for all of the beautiful roles I've done and I've really you know ticked all the boxes I ever wanted to tick and so now I kind of want to reconnect with my parents and I want to spend more time with my husband and we'd like to start a family and um so there's lots lots of things in the pipeline I've I love theater and I do want to continue dancing or performing in some respect I'm going to start taking some courses in physical theater I'm really interested in how movement can tell stories and how actors train their physicality and then using some of those techniques to train dancers to be better storytellers um, because I think that's a little bit of a gap in in ballet training now um, you know how do you act with your body because it, it you know, narrative ballet is becoming really popular in the dance world now. Mm. Companies all over the world are, are doing different kinds of story ballets. And, and it's a, it makes a big difference if dancers know how to really carry the story and really transport the audience. I think that's really something that I've noticed Northern Ballet, you, because you are a narrative dance company you all have that ability. You're acting as well as dancing. Mm -hmm. I'm really seeing what's happening. It's it's a real, it, like you say, it's a skill. Mm -hmm. it's a really I feel like you've um, had this amazing career from the age of sort of three until 32, mm -hmm. and yet you're still only 32. You've got another whole few lives mm -hmm. to live yet. And that's so, super exciting, super, super exciting. You're a joy to talk to as well. Honestly, it feels really wonderful and satisfying to speak to somebody who's at the height of their profession and doing so well. You are a dream to watch on stage. Um, good luck with the rest of The Little Mermaid. And um, I can't wait to see you as Jane Eyre. Oh, thank yes. you. Yes, yeah. I'm so lucky to have caught you before you disappear back to Canada. Yeah. And the and Canadians get you, yeah. and we lose you. <laughs> um, I, thank you so much, Rita. I am officially crowning you a Rani's Rani. You are a queen. You are oh, my queen. Thank you very much. That's an honour. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good luck. If you enjoyed that podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and tell all your friends. We want to get as many people on board as we can. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, It's Anita Rani, or go to my website, itsanitarani.com. Next time, I'm in Bombay talking to Anusha Yadav, who has started an incredible history project online called the Indian Memory Project, where she's asking people to send in their photographs of their time in India to retell the story of India through real people. Hey, maybe your family even has some photographs, so don't miss that one. 